0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to a brand new live episode of the Titan Up Talk. I am Trey, when your host, joined by are you are you still COVID, Blake? Blake Shoemaker?
1: <laughs> this is the last day of COVID, Blake. I've been cleared to return back to society and back to work tomorrow, and I never thought I would be so excited to be back in a pharmacy again. But yeah, <laughs> I am certainly pumped to be back out there.
0: Well, what a time it is, man! And I'm 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 glad to hear it. Uh, obviously, a lot a lot of cases this is a whole different topic we won't go into but good to hear that you're you're feeling better and then obviously back to whatever normal life is for all of us nowadays but we're here to talk about some Tennessee Titans folks obviously huge win against the Jaguars yesterday very uh, decisive win Um, A lot of folks saying that not a whole lot you can take away from that, but I think we can debate about that and discuss that if we'd like to. Um, But while we're here, let us go ahead and tell you about our friends over at Parkway Poorhouse. If you are in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area looking for an incredible spot to grab some delicious food with the family, maybe a happy hour spot. I mean, look at the bar there. You can see it. There's plenty of awesome spots and then the patio out back as well. Happy hour, incredible food, incredible drinks, incredible atmosphere. Check out parkwaypoorhouse.com to plan your visit today. That is the hub for all of our watch parties. As you may know, Blake Shoemaker, Uh, we missed you Sunday. Obviously, yesterday was a huge day for the Titans, getting kind of things back on track and having a day where they can actually say, we did what we wanted to do because it's been A very long time since they've been able to say that. Um, But before we actually jump into our conversation, I see some folks are jumping in here. So folks, in case you're new, this is a part of Chat 10 Sports and you're able to go to chat10sports.com and find everything you need to know about us. Um, We are a part of the Chat 10 Sports Podcast Network. As you can see, welcome to Valhalla Features, Michael Piper and Chase Green discussing all things coming out of Rocky Top. This is the Tighten Up Talk. Our Preds report is obviously off and our Hitting Dingers crew is off as well, but subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts by searching Chat 10 Sports in the search bar. But Blake, tell me, how did you take yesterday's win and what stuck out to you as some positives and maybe some negatives?
1: Well, I gotta say, it was it was refreshing to see a game for the team from Nashville to actually have a game where we weren't stressed out literally the entire game, where the result was in doubt. Now, granted, the Titans did start really slow mm-hmm. uh, early in the second quarter. You're looking at a seven-three game, and you know you're trying to show a little patience, and you're trying to say, you know, okay, where, where's it at, guys? This is a team that's lost eleven games in a row. This is a team that we've owned for the long term, and when's it gonna turn? Uh, but after being up 7-3, to three, the Titans, the guys in Two-Tone Blues, scored 24 unanswered points, which started, of all things, with a, a tremendous drive and a special teams play to end the first half. You go 28 mm-hmm. yards and seven seconds in two plays, and here comes Goskowski, as cool as the other side of the pillow, to nail a 50-plus yard field goal to steal three points at the end of the half. Mm-hmm. And you take that momentum into the half, and then you come right back out in the second half, and Malcolm Butler stepping up with a huge interception. I cannot remember the last time I saw such a complete dominant performance from a Titans corner in an entire game like I saw out of Malcolm Butler. An interception, a couple of passes defended, had it on lockdown all day, one of the best games I've seen in recent memory. So while on one hand it falls in the column of games you have to win and games you absolutely should win, on the other hand it wasn't uh, an in-doubt squeaker of a win like we had against this same squad earlier this year. So Mm -hmm. putting it in perspective, it's a team we should have beaten, but it is refreshing to see that we took care of business when we needed to.
0: Yeah, and I I mean, a lot of the conversation I've heard from across, I mean, Titans media, Titans Twitter, social, you know, Facebook, whatever you want to look at. Obviously, it's not some game we're going to go down and hang our hats on. We don't – we're better than that. Obviously, it's not like the Vols right now trying to hang their hat on a a win over Vandy. Uh, They did our job. Or they did they did their job against the Jaguars. You know, positives. Obviously, Malcolm Butler, like you mentioned, was incredible. I'm not sure if he could have been better uh, as far as uh, just overall performance and even impact plays throughout the entire game. Um, to me, it is something I think. Um, obviously, we can discuss Kevin Byard every week. Now we have our own like Kevin Byard segment of just what is going on with the guy. Obviously, things not going not not going to plan there. Um, but as far as Ryan Tannehill, what did you think about him? Obviously, Derrick Henry had a massive game, um, got, the, got the the, the forefront uh, of, of the, the carries, obviously. there's uh, and, and that's one thing we can also discuss for later down the road. And we want to discuss our big topic is why the Tennessee Titans are primed for the, a playoff push. But tell me what you thought about uh, Ryan Tannehill yesterday, Blake.
1: Ryan Tannehill is really having a spectacular season after having a, an amazing season last year and setting some really high marks for himself, really building up and earning that contract. A lot of people said that making that contract decision in the off season was a bad idea, but here's Tannehill again. He's topped 3,200 <laughs> passing yards. He's sitting at 3,209, uh, looking at a little research, uh, Matt Hasselbeck still holds the Titans era passing yardage record in a season, which is Fairly laughable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. The Hasselbeck record is 3571. So Tannehill with three games to go is just 362 yards away from that mark. So it seems fairly certain that, you know, knock on wood, something goes wrong, or has a couple of bad performances that he should top that mark. But if mm-hmm. the season were done right now, looking at that total yardage, if the season were done. No more games to play. It would still be a top-20 season all-time, yardage-wise, for a Titans-slash-Oilers quarterback. But not just that. It's the total efficiency and the total number of touchdowns. Looking at the number of touchdowns that Tannehill has thrown for this year, he's sitting at 27 with three games to go. That ranks fourth all time for a Titan single season quarterback and the three ahead of him, or I'm sorry, third, not four third. The only two ahead of him were George Blanda's season in 1961 and Warren moon in 1990. And the top number is 36. So he has three games to rack up eight touchdowns to maybe tie that record. But number two is just five uh, touchdowns away from that mark. So it's amazing what a guy can do, you know, once he has, you know, he'd be doing even better if he had an offensive line he could count on regularly, but all things, but all things considered, I'd say he's doing a great job having all those weapons around him Henry to keep the, keep the, the defense honest. And then those weapons in Davis and Brown uh, on either side, you can't just gang up on one receiver. You're looking at weapons all over the field.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm looking through, I know right now we're having some issues as far as periscope, um, so let me make sure we can double check that while we're, while we're ta- discussing everything here. But yeah, Ryan Tannehill, one thing I know, obviously, across the league that's going on um, is the ball is coming out really quickly just to offset the pass rush. And even for the Tennessee Titans, I'm sure other teams as well um, are also trying to offset off- offensive line issues. Uh, again, Questenberry, he's he's playing pretty solid, um, but there's still a big difference between when that pocket's able to form around Ryan Tannehill, he can navigate his way up. And like we saw, I mean, Khalif Raymond's touchdown in Baltimore last year, that was just, I mean, absolutely to a T and even Sunday. I mean, that flea flicker was perfect, had plenty of time. Um, as the game goes on though, obviously the more skilled defensive pass rushers, Miles Garrett's um, obviously we may see the likes of uh, uh, obviously DeForest Buckner, the Colts hang around uh, and then even beyond there with uh you know, Miles Garrett, again, even JJ, or TJ Watt and, and the Steelers as well. So a ton of pass rushers that can come straight down the pipe. Um, but obviously I, I, I'm concerned as far as the offensive line, not to try and get too far ahead of ourselves. I'm just thinking, could they eventually fold over and give away as a, mainly a backup as far as uh, the left tackle spot? Now, obviously the remaining four are, are uh, day one starters, thankfully, but it is something that um, obviously we're losing. We're losing some Jonu Smith. Obviously, Jeff Swaim stepped up huge this week. That's one thing I wanted to kind of t- you know, t- uh, uh, tip my cap to him, officially becoming a Tennessee Titans tight end as, as just, you know, Fergster did, Pruitt has, and now he is uh, on, on Sunday. But we're kind of missing some Jonu Smith, and I, I don't know if it's something – Obviously, he was out last week, comes back this week, still limited. Are they trying to save him for the, the, the postseason? Um, but all this to say, I, I kind of wanted to go down our rant here of why they're primed for a playoff push. Is The, the last three games here are really working in the Titans' schedule, uh, favor uh, as far as the schedule wise? because, again, the Jaguars kind of resets you. Here's what we should be doing. We're able to do it against a bad team um, next week against the, the, the Lions, and then it all kind of crescendos and builds up to the Packers game. Um, if the Titans are able to get in there, um, obviously, really have that test, see where they're at, but obviously, build themselves back up, get their confidence back up offensively, even defensively. As Christian Fulton is now coming back, uh, th- great news today. Um, but obviously, we still wait to see if Adoree Jackson could go, and are they still holding him out for the but the postseason? As we kind of, you know, ha- flirted with as far as some ideas for some conspiracy theory of the week over here. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, for all those that are jumping in here, thanks for joining us. This is the Titan Up Talk, uh, part of the Chat 10 Sports Podcast Network. Be sure to, to chime in, tell us what you think uh, as we discuss these topics. Um, obviously, Derrick Henry, we want to have a, a kind of overall, let's take a step back at the history of the Tennessee Titans and Oilers' history as well, um, and say how good is Derrick Henry as far as what he's doing right now? Because the conversation that kicks up now is, is obviously 2,000 yards and, you know, how many does he have to average a game? Um, but Blake, what are you thinking as far as just the overall conversation that you could, t- could have as far as how good Henry is right now? But also we can kind of navigate our way into the conversation with uh, the greats of the Tennessee Titans running back uh, stable, if you will. Yeah, I
1: will say that it it really comes down to one thing, and it's durability of your running back. Because looking at numbers, you're never going to be able to maintain at that high level all the way through the end of a career. It's very rare that that happens. Typically, you will have a drop-off in production, a drop-off in yardage, yards per carry, things like that. But looking at where we are now, Henry sits at 1,532 yards uh, with three games left to play, which puts him at having to average about 155, 156 yards a game. To reach two thousand, he would be the eighth player in NFL history to do that in a single series, a, a single season. Most recent of which was uh, Adrian Peterson back in twenty twelve. So it has been a while. Uh, very impressive thing coming out of this past weekend. Um, I know that. Henry was standing on the sideline, and we were all jokingly saying he had to have lobbied to get back in for that big carry to get over the 200 mark. But reading statements from the players after the game, it looks like Henry had nothing to do with it. It was actually his teammates that wanted to see this happen. So, again, going back to the culture, you know, they love this guy. He's Mm -hmm. a leader in the work ethic. Uh, But it was Henry's fourth game with at least 200 yards and two scores on the ground, which breaks the all-time record tie that he held with Hall of Famers Jim Brown. Barry Sanders and Ladanian Tomlinson. Brown played nine seasons, Sanders played 10, and LT played 11, and Henry's in year number five, yeah. and he now holds that record all on his own. Wow. Uh, also, Henry with his ninth road game in a row over 100 yards, that makes him one shy of Barry Sanders' all-time record of 10. So more rarefied air. And, but looking at what you've been talking about, that we've kind of talked about a little bit, that durability factor, the carries are really starting to pile up. Uh, Henry at this moment is just eight yards away from his season high for season yards, you know, total yards in a season is what I'm trying to say, uh, which is 1,540. So he'll get that easily the next game bearing something very strange happening. Mm-hmm. But the number of carries is a little concerning, um, but he is your weapon and he does get better as the weather gets colder. Um, looking at his carries every year in his rookie season, he had 110, then 276, then 215 last year with the playoff running he had 303. as mm-hmm. of this moment with three regular season games to go and the playoffs. He's at 297, six carries away from his season high. So a little bit of concern there, but, looking at his stats, looking at his production, looking at his speed, the, the speed he reached on that long touchdown run just the other day, I think they said with his second highest speed of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested to see what you think, Trey, as far as what he's doing this season before we kind of get into comparing where he stands.
0: Yeah. Obviously I think this year is incredibly special, especially for him to be able to already be what he, at, at the point of what he did last year uh, with, with I guess three games to go still now. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've we've talked about the carries kind of piling up. I know Darren Evans being out, um, you know, Jeremy Mc, McWeapon and McNichols, as they call or McWeapon, as they call him. But McNichols is – that fourth and two was one of those that was just kind of like, okay, I don't know if we're just trying to jump, dump on the Jaguars or we're trying to embarrass these guys. Like, do we really have to go out here and do this to ourselves? Because, I mean – I, th- just the way that that uh, Mc McNichols got hit was just like, guys, we cannot do that. Like, no. man, especially running to Questenberry's side. I feel like that was already the strong side of that defense. Why not run towards Kelly and where I mean, Nate Davis? Where you're a little bit more, you know, you get m- some more uh, continuity b- between the two of them. Um, but all that to say, now the the carries are are a asterisk for me of like, is this really going to be worth it if we hit the playoffs and all of a sudden. Every team's going to be forcing us to throw the ball. You know, they're going to be trying to stop Henry. That's ev- what everyone looks at whenever they see the Tennessee Titans logo is Derrick Henry probably throwing Josh Norman. And God bless him because he's never going to live that down. No. Same as Earl, Earl Thomas has not lived it down from 20, uh, 2019 season. But all that to say, it is something I'm hoping that with Darrington Evans coming back, I'm hoping with, you know, McNichol and even Dante Foreman. Um, whenever he's able to kind of come back and then have a little bit of a running back, not by committee, but I guess co-committee because you got Henry and then the rest of the stable. Um, I'm I'm starting to think that like that crescendo at that Packers game, if, if they're able to pull that off, and even if they're to be willing to go three and one and say they win the next three, you know, or Jaguars, Lions, and Packers, and then just rest everybody. And if, if if they have to play anybody, just at least rest Henry. Maybe Tannehill, um, you know, those are the games that obviously we've had backups come in in week 17 before when the playoffs were on the on the line. If we don't have to have that opportunity or that that situation come out again, let's avoid it if we can arrest our 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 players. Right. Like, again, I think we mentioned it before we we started. When's the last time they were actually able to think about doing that? Um, and credit to Blake for saying that. I just that's re- repeating what he's saying uh, for all those that will listen or watch with us right now. But um, no, I man, I, I, I do think it is something that, especially as more of his teammates lobby for this two thousand yards, if it's a realistic thing. Have you have you got the research on that? I'm not. I'm, I'm, I haven't actually come out and put a cherry on top as far as what the actual numbers would be on it.
1: Uh, it would be 156 yards a game. But I will say this because okay. the temptation is certainly there because. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the playoff run in the Super Bowl will be more important in the long run, but seasons like this don't come around very often. So I'm just going to come out of left field on this one. David Montgomery how in the heck does David Montgomery relate to this situation? Running back for the Bears has had a very mediocre season for the most part. He had 30 yards when we faced them earlier this year, so nothing to write home about. His previous high had been somewhere around 90 yards in a game. The last three weeks, Montgomery has had some really, really good games, three games in a row. He's uh, gotten 288 yards over the last three games, which uh, which works out to 96 yards a game as he's really had this uptick and a lot of people have picked up on it. Who does he run against? The Packers, the Lions, and the Texans. Who does Derrick Henry have up next? The Lions, the Packers, and the Texans. So I would wager to say that Derrick Henry is a much better caliber running back. I don't think I'm stepping out in saying that. Not not much, no. But to see what Derrick Henry could do against three defenses who have given up 288 yards to a very mediocre back for the most part this year, Mm -hmm. the temptation is certainly there to turn him loose and see what happens.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I know for... you, You said it perfectly. I mean, obviously, the Super Bowl and playoff push is far... I mean... But I don't know, man. Like you said, just the window—the <laughs> window of the opportunity—and especially, I mean, when Lawan went down, and we felt the absence of Lawan, we still do every Certainly. week. Certainly, but you would not be ex- expecting us talking about Henry still having an opportunity to go for two thousand. Um, and we mentioned—I think Chase and I were talking on Sunday at our watch party. Um, think of if, if Henry were to ever hit that this year, or another season. He and Chris Johnson are the only. Two in Titans history they're, they're, they're the only two backs on the same team to have done the same feat uh and being in the 2000 yard club which is the the prospect of that alone is like good lord which I guess kind of transitions us into our conversation as far as the stable of Eddie George Chris Johnson Earl Campbell where we are including Earl for all those that are on the fringe about the Titans and, and Oilers history uh but and then obviously throwing in Derrick Henry but the recency bias, I know most folks would probably say, Oh, Derrick Henry's the best. And obviously I think his game and Eddie George's game is very similar, being that bigger back, being able to just continually beat you up and make you feel every single hit. And obviously the rivalries. I wish I wish Derrick Henry, maybe this is the next season. You know, like a like a we're binge watching a show here. The next season, Derek Henry's gonna have to face his big boss, like Eddie George had to face his and <laughs> Ray Lewis. You know, um, we'll see what happens. But and then Errol Campbell, man, he was
1: he was something.
0: Yeah, we ob- obviously Hall of Famer. We've seen his his several runs where he is just tossing kids like it is the the backyard, and on Thanksgiving you're playing some two hand touch, and it gets a little bumpy, but <laughs> gets but out of hand. What do you think? I mean, if who is the best uh, running back in Titans history in your opinion? So let's compare them side by side. I mean, we've got, we've got this Mount Rushmore
1: of Titans slash Oilers running backs. You have Derrick Henry in his fifth season. You have Earl Campbell, Hall of Famer, played eight good seasons in the NFL. Eddie George played nine seasons, and then Chris Johnson stuck around for ten. We sometimes forget those seasons in Arizona right. uh, after he left the team. So if we look at total yardage, Uh, Eddie George ended up with the highest yardage total of the four at 10,441 on just over 2,865 carries. Uh, Second on that list would be Chris Johnson with 9,651. Earl Campbell is actually third uh, in the yardage standpoint with 9,407. Uh, Henry currently stands at fifty three sixty five, but again, he's only in his fifth season. So if he's able to keep up that level of production, he could certainly challenge some of those numbers. Uh, I think one of the more telling stats is the yards per carry. Now, we are not jaded enough to think that this won't eventually dip later in the career as the, the yardage and the carries pile up. Right now, Derrick Henry has the best number of the four. He's averaging 4.9 4. yards per carry. I was really surprised that number two – in this category is Chris Johnson at four and a half. Um, Then followed by Earl Campbell at 4.3 and Eddie George only had 3.6, which was really surprising that steady Eddie didn't have a slightly bigger number than that. Uh, Looking at the touchdowns, total touchdowns uh, when you're looking at total TDs, uh, Eddie George has 78 total, uh, 10 of which were receiving. I had no idea that Eddie George had 10 receiving touchdowns in his career So 68 rushing, 10 receiving, uh, followed by Earl Campbell with 74 total touchdowns, who had exactly zero receiving touchdowns in his entire illustrious career. Uh, (laughs) Generational. I I wouldn't imagine there wasn't much of that going on. Uh, Third would be Chris Johnson. Uh, He has 55 touchdowns rushing plus nine receiving. And then, of course, fourth just because of time. Derrick Henry has 52 on the ground plus three receiving for a total of 55. Um, I think the most surprising thing looking at this is looking at the generational change in which back in the day, ball security wasn't as big a deal as it is now. Because looking at some of the stat lines, even like Walter Payton and some of these other ones that are not under the umbrella of Oilers Titans, the number of fumbles? Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Um, Earl Campbell had 43 fumbles in his career, and he lost 32 of them. Uh, Eddie George had 37 fumbles, 21 lost. Chris Johnson had 21 fumbles with 16 lost. And Derrick Henry only has eight with five lost to this point. So ball security, I think definitely, definitely, definitely the wheelhouse of uh, Derrick Henry, not losing the ball very often. Yeah. But if he can keep up that yards per carry and you know keep that trend, I think it's great. Um, could Derrick Henry be the finest running back we've ever seen with the franchise? I think there's a really good chance that we're looking at it right now.
0: Yeah, and, and what sticks out to me of all those stats, and even to hear he's got fifty five touchdowns in what four years, four and change, and so these other guys have in the seventies fifty or Chris Johnson. That's that's impressive. I mean, obviously he's he is the. I, I, just to think back probably is Chris Johnson the last player that was able to have those electric type of runs where, I mean, even last year in, in December and we're still kind of waiting to see the continuation of this year's version. But I mean, he was just, it was a matter of time and, and the more, the more carries he got, you know, and that's where I think we can, we can discuss Derrick Henry and the, the future and obviously the, the touches and all this different stuff. And, what that means for his, you know, the longevity of his career, because that is one thing. Obviously, we see a lot of these running backs get these these deals. They get about two years into it, maybe three years into it, and then circumstances change, and they're they're dumb traded or or cut. So we'll see what happens, but. Obviously, that's way down the line. <laughs> a little, little <laughs> bit of a bummer, but yeah, sure is fun it, to
1: think about though.
0: Right now, I mean, enjoying it right now. Yeah, and it's something to me too. I mean, obviously, with just us laying it out, playing, even to think about Eddie George as a Hall of Famer, I think he he sh- he should be at some point in that conversation. Um, obviously, making a Super Bowl appearance, having one of the better teams in the late '90s, early 2000s, like you were just. And and especially, I mean, obviously, if Peyton Manning wasn't in the the division with the Titans for as long as he was, who knows what the Titans could have really done. Um, Even the Jaguars were competitive those late 90s seasons. And and Mark, you know, uh, I'm going to say Garrard, but that's the other quarterback. Yeah, Brunel. David Garrard was the later later, uh, quarterback for the Jags. But, no, it's just something to me. I'm I'm excited to see what Henry does. But I think at some point for this season and this postseason – they have to start either saying, "Listen, we're going to attack." You know, if, if it is on the ground, then utilize the other three guys that you have waiting to, you know, get reps and probably who need some reps. Uh, was Darrington Evans uh, McWeapon, and then obviously Dante Foreman. Um, but it, I don't know. It, it'll be fun to see what happens. But that is one thing I, I'm going to be continually watching and kind of concerned. Uh, uh, as as time goes on, do we want to talk about Kevin Byard? I don't know if I want to dig into the like ongoing. Uh, we're not trying to trash the guy. I'm now, sure
1: that I'm sure that dead horse is around here somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so let's just go ahead and pull our, our golf clubs out and just start swinging. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the the thing that comes to my mind, and this is even for off season, even next year, is is Kevin Byard playing himself. Badly enough, playing badly enough to put himself on the trade block, do you think? I mean, it's possible, but it becomes a question of who wants to take on that contract.
1: I mean, $70.5 million for a five year deal, and he's one year and change into the deal. Um, I mean, even if you do trade him away, you know, in all likelihood, you're going to take such a huge cap hit. On that, um, I mean, it, it's possible if the right situation were to come along and you have a team with a, a defense that feels like that he could be the spark plug that puts it all together for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we've quite reached that level of it with the team. I know that us personally have just been so disgusted is a strong word, but it really fits at times. Just letting, watching him let the game happen around him without really he's he's not making it happen like he has in years past. And I don't know what the difference is.
0: Yeah. I've people can say that the, you know, defensive coordinator, I was even thinking through the idea of the absence of a guy like Logan, Logan Ryan, who was extremely beneficial to the secondary last year, Kerry Coombs. Um, I don't know Anthony Midget that well, the current secondary coach, but obviously that's a pretty big drop off. And then obviously Shane Bowen to Dean Pease. and I don't know if Kevin Byard is just having a twenty twenty year. And I, I don't know if this is something that we need to <laughs> just chalk up as a as a weird thing. But I think it's been long enough that we've seen it happen for. I mean, it, it's been the better better half of the season, right? Like this is not
1: necessarily. No, this is not a, new.
0: Yeah, this has been going on for some time now and I'm just thinking through I mean that is a big contract, but at the same time, I mean Kevin Byards put some really good film on, on 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 you know, on tape and all that and put put some good play out there. Obviously coming off of a bad year. We'll see what happens. But I mean it's to the point now where I know Vicaro was out, they're hoping that Vicaro can, can come back this Sunday and Tell me what you think about. I mean, at the rotation of of safeties, because Bayard and Vicaro being one and two, but then you've got, you know, Hooker and Cruikshank. I guess Cruikshank would be number two behind Vicaro, and I can check the depth chart to confirm that. But what do you think about? I know Amani Hooker's been getting a lot more reps just because of of Vicaro having been out. Josh Kalou is listed uh, because Cruikshank is showing on IR. Do you think Imani Hooker, I mean, would you consider him a liability as some are saying? I mean, I think the rotation is a good idea, especially when you've seen such
1: consistently bad play from from Bayard. You have to do something to change it up and, and change the rotation and see who works well together and what works and what doesn't. But just running Bayard out there as your number one and not being willing to actually shake it up and make mm. changes and adjust. I mean – he can be a liability at times. I don't think that's because of lack of trying or because of technique. I think it's just because he hasn't had enough time to develop on the field. And I think yeah. putting that time in now to allow him to develop um, is the, a, a better step in the long run, as opposed to just, you know, letting the status quo be normal.
0: Yeah. See, I, I mean, I, I, I disagree with this idea that he is, he, he shouldn't be playing. I don't know if it, if it's people just looking for a reason to complain about something, but I mean, from what we've seen from the guy, I mean, he's been, he's been serviceable, you know, in in that rotation. And I think he's even gotten a pick uh, or two. Um, So just something to me, I wanted to throw that out there because I keep seeing this like, Oh God, here comes hooker. It's like, we're, we we have not even seen him, you know, long enough on the field to really make a a decision on what the guy can do or not. But, you know, it is something to me. I've, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm not out of the woods yet, or I guess the defense is not out of the woods for me as far as coming through the continued third third down issues. I think the secondary, as they continually get away from the days of Jonathan Joseph and you're getting more Desmond King and obviously Fulton back, Chris Jackson hopefully coming back and getting some rotation. Um, maybe we've seen the last of Breon Borders. Um, but, I mean, again, we mentioned it earlier in the show. Malcolm Butler has been – I mean – fantastic on sunday and there were several plays i mean there was probably four or five plays that he was immediately impacted on the one thing that he could have done better was probably sack the guy whenever he actually went on a blitz was just like you know that's that's the kind of day he had so i just wanted to throw that out there because it it was so notable and just for all those watching i think i think like we might keep it about 30 minutes tonight maybe here uh, and then come back thursday night and maybe download some more for uh this sunday and then i as for those that were with us last week, we will be watching Thursday night football in the background. So keep that in mind. Uh, Maybe talking some picks, maybe talking some other games around the league. Um, But just to close this thing up, like, I mean, any last thoughts as far as even as as we prepare for this Sunday, potential injuries. I mean, I don't know if you have any thoughts in that area, Um, but uh, don't want to eat too much of our content up before we get to Thursday. That's for sure. No, it'll be interesting to see what will uh, what'll progress as the week goes on. I know the
1: big story out of the Lions camp is Matthew Stafford's injury and just how serious it might be. Uh, yeah. All indications are right now that he's still going to be good to go, but a lot can happen over the course of a week, so we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. As well as uh, keeping an eye on whether or not a Dory Jackson, whether this will finally be the week that he comes in. I think every week that he's not in, I'm going to make up a new injury theory as to what may have happened. So I'm going to go with like he tripped in a puddle at a Waffle House parking lot for this week. So
0: I've been there and I've I've been there actually, but uh, <laughs> I, I I do think that this would be looking at the, at the playoffs. Obviously, they've probably been I think they have been resting him. And I know we kind of talked about the idea of our conspiracy theory that Vrabels had this big massive plan for all. You know, all along, um, I think we were joking from J. J- Martin Ramon from uh, 104.5 The Zone, but that that was something that was funny. But just to think through, if it's going to happen, I think it should be this week, just for the sake of kind of making knock off whatever rust you can, and hopefully next week he's prepared for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, uh, ready to go. But um, I mean, obviously, a win's a win in the NFL. I know some people want to try and say it's a one and one and 12 jaguars team probably getting the second overall pick uh unless Trevor Lawrence goes full Eli Manning or something and says no thanks to the jets but um but no as we close this out obviously I'm Trey when you can see our handle information below us here feel free to connect with us on uh Twitter Instagram for me I believe Blake are you the RX guy as well on on IG are you are you on Instagram I don't have an Insta that's like the ah. one thing I don't have so I- I, I kind of, I'm, I'm, the more people I meet, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm not on Facebook or Instagram or anything." I'm like, kind of jealous of you, man. Kind of jealous. As I'm like <laughs> over here, like waiting for the next hit, <laughs> whatever I can get. But as we do close up this show, we want to make sure that you know we are brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. And folks, it is the time to buy gifts, guys. If you have not prepared already. This is for uncles, brothers, cousins, whatever you've got. Go to manscaped.com, check out everything they have, guys. I'm talking about the lawnmower 3.0, which has been completely redesigned and reset the standard for men's men's grooming and men's trimmers because this lawnmower 3.0 is the cream of the crop. So make sure and get your shop on, fellas, at manscaped.com. We get 20% off and free shipping with our code CTS20. So make sure and stop by there and prepare for the holidays that are quickly, quickly approaching. Uh, just, a, I guess, less than a couple weeks away here. And then to close it out, our friends also at Parkway Poorhouse in Chattanooga Tennessee, to see incredible atmosphere. They're actually hiking up their standards as the, as the COVID cases are rising, they are taking more precautions, being extra careful. And as our host for our watch parties here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, they do a fantastic job for us. Uh, so make sure and check them out. Parkwaypoorhouse.com to plan your visit today. Uh, but just to close it out, Blake, I appreciate you joining me. Um, Hope you have a great rest of your night. And for all those, keep an eye out, and we'll see you guys back here on Thursday. All right. Tighten up. Tighten up. (laughs)